0: What number is this, Jim? Episode 96 Head, the Soundtrack Roundtable Discussion. <laughs> okay, you know I mean? like, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short. Zilch. Zilch.
1: You're listening to Zilch, a Monkey's Podcast.
0: Welcome to your podcast, Full of Monkeys, Zilch. I'm Ken Mills, one of your hosts here today, and I'm joined by Sarah Clark. Hello, everybody. And Christine Carlson-Wolf. Hello. So good to be here with you today. We hope everybody is doing well out there in Zilchland. So much going on. Catch Mickey on his solo shows. Catch Mickey on the 50 Summers of Love. Peter has that one date coming up. And you can get a bunch of cool stuff at Video Ranch. As a matter of fact, I think uh, Mike is signing just about anything you ask him to there, right? Yeah, it seems
2: like pretty much. I may have to get me another copy of Infinite Tuesday.
0: Yeah, I want him to sign my Kindle edition. but (laughs) That might be a little awkward. Yeah.
3: Well, he does have Video Ranch, so maybe he has a possible way to do it.
0: Yeah, that might be the next thing Mike's, Mike's working on is a way to virtually sign your Kindle edition. If anybody
2: would, it'd be him.
0: It's him, yeah. Never discount Mike Nesmith, right? (laughs) Nope. No. (laughs) We're not going to spend a lot of time with Monkeys News. You know what's going on. Because this is a special episode, The Head Soundtrack Roundtable Mm -hmm. Discussion. And this is something people have been asking for. This is it. It's finally here. So today, Jeff Hewlett, Jeff Geringer. David Ghosty-Timmers and the lovely Melinda Gildart will be discussing Head the Soundtrack in full. But before we get to that, let's jump into the monkey's mailbag. Ready? Always. P.O. Box 9847 right, Sarah, would you be so kind as to read a review from Kathy?
2: I'd be happy to. This one is titled, Zilchcast is a Keeper by Kathy S.R.W. Uh, five-star rating. Thank you. Uh, Kathy says, I never miss an episode of Zilch, a monkey's podcast. Although I watched the Monkees reruns in the 80s and never collected their albums, I still enjoy this podcast. Its guests range from members of the Monkees themselves to their adult children, others who worked on either the show or sometimes memorabilia collectors, fans, authors who have written on the subject, or other musicians who have toured with them. I enjoy those episodes as much as I enjoy some episodes in which an episode of the Monkees TV show is commented on by presenters and or guests, minute for minute. And I always enjoy current day news of the Monkees, their members, and others. Even a casual Monkees fan would enjoy
0: this podcast. Yay!
3: Thank you, Kathy. That was awesome.
0: Kathy has a fantastic presence on the Facebook page and also over at the POP Facebook page as well and Mm -hmm. she's just a a great supporter of everything we do and we we definitely want to thank her we have another one coming in don't we
3: we do we have another five star review uh, from chirpy girl thank you chirpy girl she says if you want to hear anything and everything about that 60s project the monkeys this is the place love this show short and sweet and we'll take it thanks chirpy girl
0: thank you chirpy girl thank you for being out there thank you for being part of zilch and and it's more than just a podcast it's 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 what happens at the live shows and it's what happens on the facebook page and it's also what happens on twitter so zilch we are we are multi-platform right
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a scene, man. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, it's, it's groovy. So. Hi, <laughs> friends. Ralph Williams, one of the world's largest.
2: Zilch Nation, we know you love to monkey around with us. Now you can tell the world. Get your own Zilch swag. T-shirts, mini skirts, coffee mugs, tote bags, and more at redbubble.com. Just search for Designs by Ken, all one word. And remember, you can get your free groovy zilch button from Christine the Button Queen. Simply pay $3 shipping and handling for each button via PayPal at zilchorders at gmail.com. You can find us on the web at www.zilchmonkeyscast.blogspot.com, on iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts can be heard. Join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash zilchmonkeyscast, or on Twitter at zilchcast.
4: Sounds like a lot of supernatural baloney to me. Supernatural, perhaps.
0: Baloney, perhaps not. Sarah. What are your thoughts on Head the soundtrack?
2: Oh, I've loved this album for a long time. I got the album before I ever saw the movie, which I'm sure is true for a lot of people, and it was just you'd listen to it and you'd try to paint this picture in your mind of what was going on and it was I was both very right and very wrong. So it was it, it, it's 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 a great kind of um I don't know if "concept album" is the right word, but sort of a sort of a musical journey.
0: I agree, Christine. Your thoughts overall on head soundtrack?
3: Well, you know, I've said this before. I inherited all of my original monkeys vinyl from one of my older sisters, and so I, of course, had no idea that this was associated with a movie. Um, and I think that it caught me at just the right time because I was open to just about anything that musically that would come across my path. So I wasn't, uh, I didn't spend a whole lot of time trying to figure out what were these spoken word bits, you know, is there some sort of connection between them all? And, and is there a bigger picture to be painted? I was just laying back and, and checking out the psychedelic grooviness of it all and, um, so when I, when I discovered that there was a movie, it was like a big old light bulb was turned on, of course. But I, I always enjoyed this album.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, as weird as this is going to sound, as I was discovering the Monkees albums as a younger person, Head was not a soundtrack album to me. There was no such animal that I knew of at the time. Oh, right. And I had seen these songs on different compilations, and I couldn't understand where they came from, right? And it wasn't until the, the 80s that I discovered that there was a soundtrack, but I never gave it much thought. And to be honest with you, there are three albums that I never really gave the proper amount of time to, and that is Present, Instant Replay, and the Head Soundtrack. I don't know why I didn't. I remember picking up the head soundtrack and someone said, yeah, but there's only like four or five songs on that. The rest is all talking. And I, it was something that I kind of pushed down, you know, or to the back of the pile, if you will. And I never really gave it as much love as I should have. But not to talk about the film head all that much, because that's not what this discussion is about, but that made me really invest myself in the soundtrack you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. sure and the soundtrack came alive to me I think if I would have found this album let's say at 12 I would have probably dismissed it I don't think I would have been able to Hmm. appreciate it for the piece of art that it is and I do feel that it is a full piece of art
2: oh absolutely Absolutely. that's interesting actually because I first ran into the head soundtrack, I would have been about 11, 12. Mm -hmm. It confused me, but it confused me in a way. And I I knew that there was a movie connected to it, though I didn't see that for a while Mm -hmm. after. Um, It confused me, but it confused me in a way that was like, I need to understand what's going on here. And I just kind of got mildly obsessed by figuring out what kind of movie is going on with this thing.
0: Yeah. What you're describing is kind of how I uh learned about Rocky horror Picture Show. I had the album yeah
2: very similar yeah, for, for two yep, two
0: years probably before I was able to go see it at the theater mm-hmm. so yeah, no matter how uh subversive and weird it was, it could never have amounted to the Rocky horror Picture show that I had built in my head, so mm-hmm. I was wondering right. what your head looked like comparatively, but that's for. An episode blonde
3: hair and
2: (laughs) everybody who didn't know that was coming.
0: (laughs) But we'll we'll discuss what you might have thought the movie looked like on a future episode because Mm -hmm. that's that's a topic unto itself. We're not really discussing the film. We're discussing the, the songs and do you have any favorite songs that jump out at you, Sarah? Like Any favorite songs? And then I'm going to ask you your least favorite songs, if there are any.
2: Um, My favorite songs, kind of the three that I like the most, are Can You Dig It, Porpoise Song, and my absolute favorite song on Head is As We Go Along. Mm -hmm. There are a few songs on the album, but all of them are excellent and some of them are just magnificent i i I think as we go along is the best thing carol king wrote for the monkeys hands down
0: Mm. and i know a lot of monkeys fans have used it as wedding songs and
2: i am one of them actually kevin and i's first dance was as we go along
0: wow and you're still dancing to it so that's good
2: yes we are almost 16 (laughs) years on
0: well congratulations thank you great christine do you have any favorite songs and again if there's a song you don't like Point it out
3: i can't ever say that there's a monkey song that i don't like i will go to my grave defending the day we fall in love Mm -hmm. so there you go Mm -hmm. but i would have to say that on the album porpoise song stands out to me Mm -hmm. as the pinnacle i I mean i would have to agree that um as we go along and can you dig it and you know uh, uh, several others honestly are really good but there's a reason why porpoise song is consistently sung every time mickey does a show right um i really like diddy diego too i just think it's fun it's snarky it's uh, i i've always been um drawn to that one that's probably because i've got a somewhat twisted sense of humor so (laughs) (laughs) um you know I wanted to love Circle Sky but it's not the right version and Mm -hmm. that's all I'll say about that Mm -hmm. since we're not discussing the movie (laughs) yep (laughs) so I I mean if I had to pick a least favorite it might be that version being on this album there you go
0: Mm mm-hmm We'll talk a little bit about that on the other side of this. For now, yes, we do have to do this all over again. We're going to turn it over to Jeff Hewlett and the gang as they discuss Head, the soundtrack. Can you dig it?
2: Do you know?
3: Where we go? Yeah. When we Wrong go. Wrong song. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Um,
3: I'm high on a rooftop. What can I say?
0: Yeah.
4: Head, I'm head, head.
3: I'm head. I'm head. head,
4: <laughs> head, head what are do you know? oh, doing? I mean, why don't we use plastic things? Head, Millions. Suck it, people. They're head, coming. They're coming. We in the head. Sorry, that's enough. Let's cut it frantically. Pleasure, the inevitable byproduct of our civilization. A new world
1: whose only preoccupation will be hands. 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 Hello again, and welcome to Zilch, your monkeys podcast. It's time for another musical roundtable, and on this episode, we will be covering the awesome album Head. And here is our awesome panel that we always have for these roundtables, starting with the always incredible Melinda the Gildard. How are you? I am great, Jeff. Welcome back. And let's see, we also have a man who recently infected me with a Pulit bug by spinning some 80s monkeys rap on <laughs> Zilch. Just <It's> Mr. <laughs> Jeff Garinger. Thank you for that earworm. My pleasure. Anytime. Oh, I listened to Pulit twice today. Already, and I'm sure I'll be listening to it again in the coming days. And let's see, up uh, uh, and the only apparition we have on the panel, Mr. Ghosty Wills is back. How are you, sir? And the same thing goes for Poolett. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, the Poolit <Pullett> hate. <laughs> one point for Ghosty. <laughs> oh, it's a good Yay! one. <laughs> so a uh, little, little side note here for our listeners out there who are used to the normal zilch roundtable format where we do the A side of an album in one segment and then the B side. Uh, Because Head is a little bit different than the rest of the albums in the catalog, we're going to handle this a little bit differently than those other roundtables. So we're going to cover the proper songs from Head here. Uh, all together. And then at the end of this segment, we're going to talk about the other bits of the album that we're fond of. So we're going to do all of the album in one shot here. So uh, so no two-parter for this one. So, of course, everybody out there in, in Monkey Land knows that Head is the soundtrack, of course, to the film Head, which was the Monkey's only theatrically released movie. So uh, released in 68 through Cold Gems. This is also the band's sixth album. And of course, as we all know, this is the last album to feature Peter Tork until 1987's Pool It, which we've all just been talking about very briefly here. And it's also the last to feature all four monkeys on the same album until the 1996 album Just Us. So another interesting tidbit, uh, in 2013, Rolling Stone ranked this album uh, number 25 on their list of the 25 greatest soundtracks of all time. And uh, maybe we can... As we go around the horn to get our thoughts on the album, maybe we can weigh in on our thoughts on, on where it ranked on that list, if it belonged on that list. And um, I'll see. Uh, this is very close on the heels of Birds, the Bees, and the Monkeys on my favorite Monkeys album list. Let's see, Jeff Geringer, where does Head fall on your list? And, and what do you have to say about the album in general? Well,
5: see, I have a different look at it. Hmm. Ghosty. Sometimes you look sideways, sometimes you look no. <laughs> <laughs> I have to look at this two ways. One, I have to look at it as a, as a first-generation fan when I was eight years old, and again, as, as I became older and more mature. I have to tell you, when it first came out when I was eight years old, I have f- vivid memories of sitting next to my record player crying.
4: Whoa. Oh.
5: The single was As We Go Along and the Porpoise Song, and I'm just going, what the heck happened to my monkeys? <gasps> Then my mom, I got convinced my mom to take me to go see the movie. And of course, in the first 10 minutes, the monkeys all commit suicide and a a soldier gets shot in the head like 20 times. And it just scared me. And it it just was a a really bad situation for me. Now, as I've gotten older and I appreciate especially the Goffin King songs, I have a much better appreciation for the music of Head. The film still kind of creeps me out, but the, the music from Head is phenomenal. Interesting.
1: I, you know, I had never thought about it from that perspective because I had seen it, I think for the first time when I was a teenager. Uh, so I, I, didn't get that, um, the initial shock, but I can definitely see how that would be a shock for anyone, any kid who was a fan of the monkeys and watched it on television and was used to the albums as they were. And then this was, would be very jarring. Uh, ghosty, what are your feelings on that?
6: Well, much like you, Jeff H. I I, um, also discovered the film and the soundtrack album when I was a teenager, and I had loved the monkeys as a child and remembered their TV show fondly. But when I saw the film Head and and heard the songs in the movie Head, that was my monkey apotheosis. That's when I said, oh, these guys are so much more than I thought they were, and Mm. I need to go out and get everything they've ever done. Uh, and the head soundtrack was not the first Monkey's studio album I purchased. That was Instant Replay, which we'll talk about at another time. But I remember calling up a record store. Remember, children, those old days of calling <laughs> up record stores and, and and I said, "There's got to be an album to this." So I called up a, a record store in town, and a young lady answered the phone, and I was a teenager. Jeff H and Jeff G so uh, it was unusual for me to speak to young ladies anyway so she picked up the phone and I said do you have this monkeys album called head and she said oh that's the cool monkeys album (laughs) and I felt like a million bucks and uh, they did have that monkeys album and when I first heard it I was blown away because I thought this is so cool this is like I couldn't get head on on home video yet. I'm like, this is like just having the movie again. I could just sit and listen to the movie in in like forty minutes or thirty five minutes or however long it is. So I just loved it. Huh,
1: interesting. Melinda, where do you fall on head?
7: I think the album itself is utterly brilliant. It's an absolute beauty. And I don't think that they received the justice in, um, you know, ranking at number 25 on Rolling Stone list. I would rank it in the top 10 definitely of best wow. all time soundtracks. Absolutely. The the album totally encompasses the film. I cannot separate it from Purple Rain or Saturday Night Fever, you know, with those soundtrack albums that were just so monstrous that you could not separate them from, uh, from the film. And head is that for me? What I feel about the film is is a different thing, you know. Uh, but the soundtrack itself, six just beautiful songs, just the production top notch, and I don't think they they got any better. It's my number three monkeys album of all time.
1: Wow, incredible insights from all three of you. But I have to say, I'm very surprised that no one mentioned the very unique cover to this album. Now, the vinyl, of course, had it. The CD that I bought, the Rhino CD, didn't have it, but the handmade box does. Now, the the reflective cover that was supposed to put your head, of course, on the head album cover, I thought it was quite brilliant. When I was a kid, I got the reissued vinyl version of this from Rhino, and I thought that was really, really cool. Did anybody else feel that that was really cool, or was it was it too gimmicky? What do you think, Jeff G?
5: Yeah, I am well, either that or I'm just so shallow. It, it, it didn't hit me that way at all.
6: Huh, ghosty. I got the cassette, so Ooh. it was just gray. I didn't know that there was anything cool about that cover until years later.
1: Oh, I, I completely forgot about the cassette medium. Sorry about that, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Melinda, <laughs> what do you think about the reflective? Jeff? You're showing but your age. <laughs> I I had so many cassettes when I was younger. It just I've blocked that medium out of my mind. But, <laughs> Melinda, your thoughts on the the reflective album cover?
7: Well, being uh, a Mad Monkey's vinyl collector, uh, especially the original Colgum's albums, I have two copies of the Mylar covers, and I pretty much would murder a, a, a grandparent to get it, and, and so I, I'm very proud to have okay. it in my collection. I think it's extremely cool. Did anyone take it to be that cool back then? I don't I don't think so, <laughs> but it's. I think it's really cool, though. It, it wasn't too gimmicky for me. I, I think that they were stepping out in a whole different plateau
1: at that point, anyway. So why the hell not? Very cool. So of course, we. I hopefully we're not all that polarized on the actual songs themselves that we're about to get into. So, is, any everybody ready to jump into the uh, the track list here?
6: Sure. Well, Can I just add one more Absolutely. thing about the cover that occurred to me? Sure. It's sort of a sparse cover, and if mm-hmm. it didn't have the monkeys and head written on it, it would just be nothing. You know, just a mirror. And it's interesting that the white album by the Beatles, came out, I guess, in the summer, right? Mm -hmm. I'd have to look it up here. But that also sported a nondescript cover after, you know, Sgt. Pepper and Magical Mystery Tour with their bright, colorful covers. They went with nothing. And it's interesting that the Monkees chose to do the same thing. Now, the White Album was released the month before. I'm not saying that the Monkees had that on their minds, but it's just interesting that it went with no psychedelic designs no artifice this is the album take it or leave it <laughs>
1: yeah you know that's a that's a really great point point. and uh, you know uh, as contrary to the beatles white album with just the stark white cover at least i feel like at least with the with the mylar reflective cover there was some kind of artistry in mind there and it also kind of brings back another memory of another completely black solid color album and that was spinal tap smell the glove but i think that was done as a tongue-in-cheek thing more than a an artistic statement
6: and but... what about prince the black album oh, oh good yeah. call. Yeah. Yes,
5: good call and what about the simpsons the yellow album <laughs>
6: <laughs> you remember yeah. when they came
5: out with that in the late 80s
1: yes did that have yeah. the bartman on it Yes, Do the Bartman. Oh my goodness! And what was that uh, deep, deep trouble? The other Bart Simpson single. Oh,
6: Bartcast, the... ladies and gentlemen.
1: Bartcast. So oh, we're we're digressing here. So Zilch Nation, if you're if you have any thoughts on on the cover of this the album, please you know share your thoughts on the Zilch group. We'd love to to chat about it. So we're gonna dive into the track list here, and of course we're skipping over the the non song tracks. So the first song on the album is actually track two. And that is, of course, the venerable porpoise song subtitled The Theme From Head. King number on this record. Vocals by Mickey Dolans and Davy Jones. We've got guitars, bass, drums, percussion, cymbals, keyboards, cellos, double bass, brass, and woodwinds. Produced by Jerry Goffin and Hollywood, California, February 26 and 28 of 1968. I think there's a lot to say about this song. It, this is one of my very, very favorite Monkey songs. Although I do prefer the full version. With the long outro to the edited version that appears here as the second track on this album let's go around the horn and talk about porpoise song we'll start off with melinda what are your thoughts regal yes
7: <laughs> absolutely regal you could Im- imagine hearing this at maybe prince charles and lady diana's wedding or mm. <laughs> it's it's just it's royalty this song is one of the best songs ever recorded. It's so beautiful. Amazing. It, it's so beautiful. Mickey's vocals are just they're amazing and it once you listen to Mickey's voice then here comes Davey and with these haunting surreal you know backing vocals and it's just it takes you to another place. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot say how much I adore this song and to your point Jeff H <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely prefer the extended version just hearing the instrumental piece it it really it it takes you to another place it absolutely you just leave wherever you are and and travel to wherever the monkeys were when they recorded this it's just amazing and to hear all the different instruments and everyone is just a top-notch production you know the lyrics you know, some of them are a little bit iffy. You know, Mickey's, uh, you know, reference, you know, to Circus Boy riding the backs of giraffes, you know, is fun and it's nice. But just all around, it's one of Goffin' and King's best songs to me also.
1: Yeah. I agree with every single thing that you just said. And uh, this this song, for me, evokes so much emotion. It just kind of reaches in and pulls the stuff out. I, just, I feel a certain way every time I listen to this song, no matter what mood I'm in. So, yes, um, Mr. Gerringer, Jeff Geringer, what are your thoughts on purpose song?
5: Well, you know, what I like about it is kind of the standalone way that Mickey has been doing it for the past few years, because that's what's fresh in my mind is his concert appearances or concert performances. He would do the song almost like a, I love the word Melinda used, regal, but almost like a coming of age, you know, here I am, I'm Mickey from the Monkees, and I'm going to sing my heart out. Um, It really had a powerful thing in concert, and it, it really echoed it from the very beginning when it started on the soundtrack album. It's a, it's a statement song, and, and if whatever statement they were trying to make, whether it was to deconstruct the monkeys or to, to show them at a new light, I, I just think it's, it's one of their finest tracks and one of Mickey's great
6: performances. Mm.
1: I, I would have to agree with all of that as well, and uh, Ghosty,
6: do you agree with all of our assessments? I sure do, and I think it's interesting that Goffin and King who started out writing songs like The Locomotion and Up on the Roof, that just as a songwriting team, they were so adaptable to whatever was happening in the culture. I mean, I have never heard of Jerry Goffin and Carole King dropping acid, but it's, it sounds like they might have to be able to come up with this song, which to me is almost, it's as quintessential a psychedelic song as anything else you could pick from that era and lyrically the line a face a voice an overdub has no choice an image cannot rejoice Mm. that's kind of the whole movie head right there in in that line and getting back to to something you said uh, about Davey when his part comes in the porpoise is laughing goodbye goodbye I don't know why that resonates with me and and is very emotional it's always been that way it there's no reason for that I mean it's kind of a ridiculous line but for whatever reason it just sounds haunting and sad and of course now with the passing of Davy, hearing him saying goodbye goodbye and fade into the distance only makes it more emotional so for me this is just this is almost the jewel in the crown of of the monkeys if they didn't have other Goffin and King songs like Pleasant Valley Sunday, which are also fantastic in, in much the same way. So it's definitely in my top five favorites. And I agree the longer version is the way to go.
1: Excellent. You know, just something that you just said about, uh, the, the porpoises laughing the, the, I agree with you totally that, that there's something about that, uh, that lyric that if it always evokes something in me. And I, I kind of, feel like there's a there's a juxtaposition between you know going away saying goodbye but you're leaving on this happy chirping porpoise that's kind of jumping away so it's it's kind of a a happy and a sad thing kind of rolled into one i don't know if that's the reason why it has that feel to it but uh just kind of throwing something at
6: the wall there well it's like a psychedelic episode of flipper (laughs)
7: <laughs> flipper on acid oh,
6: okay so flipper, we'll, we'll flipper we'll on acid but it makes you sad i don't know why it's it a bad does.
5: trip <laughs> Ghosting you're amazing it's a bad
1: trip oh god okay well i think that sums up porpoise song quite nicely so let's see next up and uh, now this maybe technically isn't a song but it kind of is a song so i think we it it should be covered here in the list of songs. That is the third track that Diddy Diego War Champ.
4: Hey, hey, we
5: are the monkeys, you know we love to please, a manufactured image with no philosophies.
1: We hope you
3: like our story, although there isn't one, that is to say there's many, that way there is more fun.
5: You've told us you like
3: action and games of many kinds.
5: You like to dance, we like to sing, so let's all lose our minds.
6: We know it doesn't matter, because what you came to see is what we'd love to give you, and give it one, two,
4: three.
3: But it may come three, two, one, two, or jump from nine to five, and when you see the end in sight, the beginning may
6: arrive. For those who look for meanings, inform as they do fact, we might tell you one thing, but we'd only take it back. Not back like in a box. Back, not back like in a race, not back so we can keep it,
4: but back in time and space. You say we're manufactured. To that, we all agree. So make your choice, and we'll rejoice in never being free. Hey, hey, we
6: are the monkeys. We've said it all before. The money's in, we're made of tin, we're here to give you more. The money's in, we're made of tin, we're here to
4: give you... <laughs>
1: written by jack nicholson and rob rafelson vocals by all all four of the guys and we got a piano by michael rubini recorded in hollywood on august 3rd 1968 i think this to me is very significant lyrically because this is kind of a self-deprecating track that that kind of throws you know the, the opinions of the media from the first couple of monkeys albums out there on the table and feels like kind of the monkeys almost owning up to what their image was and embracing it and kind of making a joke out of it. But uh, let's, you know, go around the horn really quickly. Um, Ghosty, what are your thoughts on Diddy Diego war chant?
6: Well, when I first heard it, I loved it. I thought, isn't this great? The monkeys are doing their critics one better, you know, before you can say anything about the monkeys, they're going to just lampoon themselves even more severe than, you know, their peers would have. But over time, there's something about it where I'm listening and I'm going, yeah, but you guys are much more than that. Yeah. I mean, it fit, it fit for that time. Mm-hmm. You know, just the, the whole idea of the film is the monkeys being self-aware, you know, aware mm-hmm. that they are characters in a show, you know, they're, they're cameras around. And the, the, uh, the chant is, is sort of that same thing in music. But it's fun. I'm sure when people hear it for the first time, they get a chuckle out of it. But unlike, say, when William Shatner began lampooning himself yes. and saying, you know, <laughs> I, I am a terrible actor, you know, that sort of. Thing. And everybody went, oh, isn't this wonderful? It didn't seem to work with the monkeys for whatever reason. By the way, yes, Shatner is not a terrible actor. I'm no just either. saying that his no, reputation, <laughs> much like the monkeys. <laughs> thank was, you. I uh, was gasping yeah. for
5: air there for a second. I know.
6: I just through. want you to know. I mean, you Shatner, know, I, I, Lord and Savior, go ahead. I've heard there's <laughs> this
5: great podcast called the Triquarter Transmissions that might have some some facts on that.
1: Oh, there, there just might be. Yeah, thank you for for bringing that up, Jeff. Yes, there is a great Star Trek podcast out there that uh, touches on the original series quite heavily.
5: So, uh,
6: hey, is that on iTunes? It
1: sure,
5: it sure is.
1: <laughs> well, let me, i got to subscribe right now. Oh, wow. my goodness. We're getting plugs in. in <laughs> and who's so the early. host?
5: He's really good and handsome, too. <laughs> oh, is
1: that, um, is that Craig Cohen? Oh, no. Wait. Oh. oh, maybe it's Jeff Hewlett, maybe. There Jeff you go. I love,
6: that. I love that Jeff Hewlett. Let oh. me leave a five-star review right now. Okay. Thanks,
1: guys. We have, an, we have a, an iTunes review contest going on right now. So if you leave one, you just might win the prize. <laughs> Back on track here. <laughs> Melinda, thoughts on Diddy Diego Ward chant? I hated it. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> so,
7: you know, I loved Zilt, and I know some people, you know, they, they get annoyed by zilch, but I didn't see this as anything fun. I saw this as the beginning of the monkeys beating the hell out of themselves for decades to come, you know, <laughs> taking shots at themselves and it's just you know, it, it, it's definitely the sentiment of the movie brought into music, but mm. That goes to my place in my heart, whereas I don't really care for the movie, the tone of the movie. I think they could have put themselves out there better instead of just this piece of work that, in my opinion, didn't do anything to solidify their legacy. And I just don't agree with it. I, I'm, I want something fun like Zilch. I do.
1: Interesting, interesting perspective. You guys are very similar. Uh, Mr. Garinger, your thoughts?
5: Well, you know, my problem is I'm really having trouble separating, of all the songs on this album, of separating this song from the film. If you remember, as soon as they get done, the money's in, we're made tin. we're here to give you more, mm-hmm. the money's in, we're here to give you, and in the next three seconds, bam, 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 bam. Yeah. It, it's just, it's hard to to not think of that when you're listening to this song. It it seems like if what they wanted to do was, was deconstruct the monkeys, this was a tame way to kind of jump off, but yeah, I've, I've, I've always just gone back to that visual image and I haven't been able to shake it. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. It's, it is tough to separate this from
1: the film where I think the, the six, I guess what you can call proper songs, you can easily take out of context of the film and listen to them as they are. But this one is pretty indelibly tied to the, to the movie itself. So excellent point there. So are we ready to move on to the next track?
6: I feel, like Colum- I feel like I feel like Colombo because I have one more thing to say. About oh sure, uh, <laughs> go for it. The Diddy Diego war chant. I wish the album version was not manipulated, and I wish it was just uh. like the film, rather than you know they're saying, you know sped up and slowed down.
7: Hmm.
1: Good point. I agree. Yes, I would agree with that as well, Melinda. You agree with that? I don't like either one. So <laughs> all right, okay, Moving on. all right. Segue perfectly away from this track and into the next proper song on the album which is the fourth track circle sky by the awesome Michael Nesmith, he also plays guitar on the track along with Keith Allison and Bill Chadwick, drums by the famous Eddie Ho, and Michael Nesmith also plays the organ and some percussion on this, and it was recorded at uh, in Hollywood on December 9th and 17th of 67 and January 6th and 8th of 1968, and I think this is one of the coolest rockin' Nesmith tunes to ever grace a monkey's record, in my opinion. And uh, I, I love hearing Mike belt out this song. And I think, they, I think it's proof positive since this resurfaced on the later monkey's record that uh, just how much Mike really loves this song. So let's go around the horn and we'll start with Jeff Garinger. Your thoughts on Circle Oh, Sky?
5: I'm livid about this song. I oh, am no. so pissed off at the version they used on that album. Mm-hmm. The live concert version the guys did in Utah oh. is awesome. I think it cooks much more than the soundtrack version. I think the guy sounded good, and the one on the album, to me, is pale compared mm. to the the live live one that they. I don't know which Missing Links the live one is on, but check it out. It's it's just so much better than the studio version, in my warm little opinion. Hmm,
1: interesting. Was that one of the also one of the bonus tracks on the the Handmaid set? I wonder. Yeah. I oh, I'm sure. Yes. I'm sure. I'm yes. sure. Yeah, to go check that out. Uh, Ghosty, your thoughts on this version of Circle Sky?
6: love it i mean i love the live version that the uh, the monkeys do that was one of the bonus tracks and but i love the studio version too i'm also a sucker for there's something about nesmith when he sings and he sort of speak sings and he does it a little bit in this yes, song, you does. know, yeah. if you can, if you can. That's yeah, great. For some reason, it's like, you know, he's from the pulpit. I'm going, testify. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I, But again, with that said, I really have no idea what this song is about, and I don't care. It's just that good.
7: All right. Melinda. Absolute barn burner. I love this song. I get whiplash every time I listen to it because I'm just rocking out so hard. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it just cooks. Nest He completely kicks ass and takes names and Eddie ho oh my goodness on drums you know he, he kills it but I love the fact that he's back together with Keith Allison and Bill Chadwick on guitars because they just rock it the studio version it ramps up going into that last verse and I'm sorry I would blow out every speaker in my house this thing is just so awesome it's organic and you know everybody just feeds off each other and the production is phenomenal Totally yeah, I agree. don't know what the hell it means either, but you know, <laughs> but uh, I think, you know, they're talking about some kind of the monkey's facade or plasticity or something. Who gives a damn? But, it, you know, it's just it rocks. And that's all. They didn't need to do this again for Justice,
1: though. No, I agree with that, actually. I, I prefer the, the original version to the version on Justice. But maybe uh, Ken Mills will do us a favor and play the live version that uh, Jeff Geringer prefers to this one. <laughs> number six. Of course, we skip over number five and and go directly to number six here, and it is Can You Dig It? Written by Mr. Peter Tork. Something
4: doesn't change. There is only one. Always change. What does it become? Can you dig it? Do you know? Would you care to let it show? Those who know it, use it Those who stone it, die To sing that you can dig it to make your soul fine. Heaven can you dig it? Do you know? Would
1: you care to let show? Vocals by Mickey Dolans with harmony vocals by Peter Tork. Peter also plays guitar on this track and we've got a couple of other musicians here. Of course, I'm featuring Eddie Ho again on drums so recorded at western recorders january 28th and february 1st and some more work on it in hollywood january 29 30th and 31st and march 8th of 1968 so a lot of work went into this song i i really dig this really cool stylized tune with a great feel uh, mickey's vocals on this stand out for me really fun hook and i love love the outro to this song uh, go see what are your thoughts on can you dig
6: it Peter gets two songwriting jobs on a monkey's album.
1: Yeah,
4: what? yeah.
6: <laughs> look for you know it's an album that's only really only has six songs on it, and for Peter to have two, and then for Peter to leave after this. Yeah, right. well, whatever. <laughs> but I love this song. Strangely, I feel it's of a time in a way that maybe the rest of the songs aren't. And it's not just because of the, you know, the lyric, can you dig it? Which would be, you would say that to be nostalgic at this point. But, you know, the sort of Eastern flavor of the Mm -hmm. piece. But then in my head, I can't get those dancing girls out of my mind. So (laughs) I enjoy it. I love, however, when the monkeys perform it live, as great as Mickey is, I love when Peter sings it because, this is like coming from Peter's heart you know Mm -hmm. so I love to hear Peter sing it live and maybe Ken can insert a little bit of Peter singing it live
1: There is, by, if anybody's not familiar with it, there is a version of this with Peter singing the lead vocals that also appears on the Handmade Head box set as well. Something
4: doesn't change
1: Linda, what are your thoughts on "Can You Dig It"? Can you dig it? <laughs> I do dig it.
7: <laughs> I dig it. I dug it. But similar to "Girl I Knew Somewhere," I do not prefer Mickey's vocal. I have switched this out permanently on you know on my Whoa. playlist. For, with Peter's vocal, I'm sorry he he sings it. It like Ghosty said, it comes from his heart. But you know, Hell. it's like he's just speaking to you. This is his song, and he totally owns it. And I cannot listen to the Mickey verse. I can't, because it's just, it's Peter's. It's his song. Just let him sing it. Oh, my goodness. Jeff
5: Garinger, do you agree with this? <laughs> oh, I've learned very early never to mess with Melinda. <laughs> 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 so I like both songs on this album. I think vocally, he sounded better than he's ever sounded before. I thought his voice was rich and, and quality, and I really thought it was, it was, it was very cool for the time. But yeah, this is another one of those songs that I'm having trouble separating the soundtrack from the film. It's just like ghosty, or maybe it's just because you know I was eight years old and horny. I don't know. But <laughs> you, you think of those, you think of those girls. Yeah. You, you, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Enough said. Uh, yeah. Well, I you agree. know,
6: it's, there's something about the it's the treatment of the song. In a way, I can envision like a, a scene from Laugh-In. Where everybody yes. in the cast is dressed up like hippies and they have the hookah pipes and everything, even though lyrically it's coming from Peter's heart. There's something about the treatment that's a bit over the top. But I I love it.
1: Now I've got one of those Goldie Hawn dance freak out moments from laughing in my head. <laughs> Thanks, Ghosty.
6: Yeah, Joanne Worley, going wonderful. <laughs> I'm not
7: sure. Well, being the only chick on the panel, I feel I must insert something for for us, us girls, <laughs> you know, in what in the outtakes from the uh, the uh, Blu-ray uh, set. There's a scene there where Davy's like kissing up on one of the, you know, the hot girls. And I'm mm-hmm. sorry, ladies, that is just <laughs> <laughs> we love that moment where, you know, Davy's like kissing, you know, one of the one of the girls and who cares who she is. But it's really it's really hot. <laughs>
4: <laughs> We're oh. going to
1: get
6: to Davy soon enough.
1: Yes, we will. <laughs> all right, guys, In we got to cool down a, a little bit here. Let's cool off a little. We'll flip the record over. <laughs> and and we'll we'll all take it down a notch. <laughs> so the next uh, the next proper song on this album is the second track on side B, and that is "As We Go Along." Tony Stern, vocals by Mickey Dolenz. We've got uh, guitars and bass and drums and percussions. Very simple, very simple arrangement recorded in Hollywood May 30th and August 1st of 1968. And I've got to say that this is one of my very, very favorite Monkey songs. Easily in my top five. Uh, Beautiful lyrics, wonderful arrangement. And Mickey's vocals on this are are heaven to me. I absolutely love them. Uh, Melinda what do you think of as we go along straight from heaven jeff yeah mm-hmm.
7: you're ab- you absolutely nailed it is it fair for uh, a songwriter to have two of the most beautifully written and composed songs on one album mm. because this you know as we go along uh, along with proper song is it's just one of the best records ever made and i feel like i'm being redundant in saying that but it's absolutely true mm-hmm. um, and and we continuously say how impressive mickey's vocals are but oh my goodness his voice yeah. is so gentle and elegant Good it's Lord. just angelic yeah. oh my god and neil young on guitar you know <laughs> you know you can't get better than that but it's, it's just so beautiful um just when i think about the song though i don't think about the movie i think no. about that uh there was a 2012 bbc documentary i think it was we are the monkeys and it was made after Davey passed away and they played the instrumental track uh, to this song when they showed the reports of Davy passing oh, and then Mickey and Peter were sharing their thoughts, but then it pans over to Davy's girls. Oh. And, you know, I just lose it every time because oh. they're, you know, this is very soon after Davy passed. And you see Annabelle and, and Sarah and, and Talia and they're, you know, they're just you can feel their pain. And Talia talks about how hard Davy worked and ha- that she's glad that he's resting now. And you see a tear run down her cheek. And I just, you know, I lose it every time. But that's what I think about when I, when I hear as we go along now. It's so beautiful. But the fact that they chose that song to, uh, to remember Davey in that segment, that was really beautiful to me.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a little... Verklempt just thinking about it right now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's one thing I love so much about Mickey's vocals in this song is that it, it, I feel like the way he's singing it, it, it feels like he's totally connecting with the lyrics. I mean, even though he didn't yes. write it, it's like he feels it. Absolutely. You
5: know, um, Jeff Geringer, your thoughts on this track. Wow. Following Melinda. Um, I, I adore the song too. I, I, I can't say I'd put it in my top five, but it would certainly be in maybe my top 10 or top 12. Mm. Uh, it it is the song it's it's the song and the way it builds it has a little bit just a slight bitch of sometime in the morning to it and i i i just love the the lyrics that carol comes up with and i think this song is is easily one of the coolest warmest romantic songs that the guys ever did
6: yeah Mm -hmm.
5: yeah
6: yeah
1: absolutely and ghosty what are your thoughts
6: well I hate this song. No, I'm kidding. Oh, oh <laughs> my
1: <laughs> God, my heart dropped.
6: <laughs> Mine, too. Ooh, oh my. <laughs> Holy. I, so I, just I think you would head. have to be insane to hate this song. Yes. First of all, you know, people will say, if someone's a great guitar player like Jimi Hendrix, they'll say he was a genius at his guitar. Mm-hmm. If someone's a tremendous drummer, just, you know, like Keith Moon, he's a genius at drumming. I think Mickey is a genius at singing if there is such a thing and i think there is he is one yeah because he nails this and he's almost putting his hat into the ring to be one of the greatest vocalists in rock history and you Mm. could put him up against anybody and nobody loves the Beatles more than me. And nobody is more aware of what Paul yeah. McCartney could do in 1966, 67 with his voice. But I think Mickey has a beat. Not that it's a contest, but Mickey is just, just a genius. He just knows. Yeah. He just knows how to sing every line and make it count. And the lyrics to this song listen, you know, Can You Dig It might be a little of its time but open your eyes get up off your chair there's so much to do in the sunlight that's always applicable so uh and and the song itself is just beautiful the dynamics of the song mickey is you know he sings soft in the verse and then when he gets to that part he's really powerful i mean it's just a joy to listen to i'm glad i am on this earth so that i can listen to this song as we go along (laughs) that's why i was here
1: wow wow phenomenal you know i i have to look this up because i don't i don't have the link handy i'm gonna have to search for it but i remember a couple years ago i had read an article it was either billboard or rolling stone uh, or one of the one of the other big uh, music publications and they were they had a list of the greatest rock and roll singers vocalist of all time and mickey was very very high on that list very close to the top so, as he should be uh, a- absolutely i agree and this is one of the shining examples of why he deserves to be that high on that list is just amazing 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 performance so uh, any any final thoughts on this track since we all love it so much before we move on
5: no i think we said it
1: okay silence is accepted Yeah. okay Next song that we're going to talk about is track four on side two, and that is Daddy's Song, written by Harry Nilsson, vocals by Davy Jones, and Mike Nesmith plays electric and acoustic guitar on this track, along with the famous Eddie Ho on drums, and a bunch of other musicians here on bass and piano and cello and trumpet and trombone. Recorded in January of uh, 1968, and also March and April of that year. I think this song and the arrangement is was like tailor-made for Davey, uh, even though there is a mic vocal version of this. I, I've But I always felt like the style they chose for the song doesn't necessarily fit the lyrics. Or the tone of the lyrics But I still really enjoy it It's, it's well done, it's well produced Davy does a phenomenal job And I love the dance routine he does for this
4: Years ago I knew a boy He was his daddy's pride and joy But when the daddy went away It was such a rainy day That he brought up all his sons How the mama did explain
1: Jeff Geringer, your thoughts on Daddy Song.
5: Well, you know, when I was a kid, again, I told you I have to look at this album from two different ways. Mm. When I was a kid, this was my favorite track because it sounded most like a monkey song. Mm. Um, it was a, a cool part in the movie. No one gets killed. It was happy. He's smiling. You know, it, it was like an old fashioned monkey song. And I, I also look forward to it in concert in that brief period when Davey was married to that dancer and they used to come out and recreate it on stage. It's, it's an, it's just a really cool, fun, happy tune. It's, it's not something that's going to make anyone's top five list. I don't think even, even the most diehard of Davey fans, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's just a cool, fun, smiling kind of song.
1: Yeah, I I agree. It is a very monkeys like song, especially stood up against the other songs on this album. Uh, Ghosty, your thoughts on daddy song.
6: If, you can't appreciate Davy coming out and doing a sort of rooty-toot English music hall type of number. <laughs> you are listening to the wrong band, my friends, because this is where Davy shines. Everything about this is wonderful. I know Harry Nilsson wrote it, and of course he's American, but he captured that perfectly. The only complaint I really have about this song is that on the album, it doesn't have that breakdown In the film, where Davy sings, you know, and by the way, talk about your emotional moments now. The years have passed, and so have I. The years have passed, and so have I,
4: making it hard for me to cry. And if and when I have a son, let it all be said and done. Let the sadness
6: pass him by. I don't think that's on the original album. I think he just sings it. You know, I don't think it, there, there's yeah. a pause or anything on the original album. And no. when I had the monkey's music box, they did have a version where he sort of stopped and, and did that. And it's one of those things where, yeah, lyrically, it's such a kind of a downer song in a way. But when that moment comes in, there's something really poignant about it. And then for it to go right back into that, like, life goes on or something. Anyway, just... Fabulous, you know, Davy knocking it out of the park. Excellent, Melinda. Your thoughts?
7: Um, this song was made for Davy. I think that yeah. it was ordained and and you know <laughs>
6: preconceived before
7: Harry Nilsson was even born that he was going to write the song for Davy Jones. Um, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he he absolutely owns it. And my God, uh, that performance! One of the best performances on film. Um, I love it. Absolutely love it. And even though today I have a hard time sitting through the entire film at one time, I make sure, you know, that I, I watch that segment. It's phenomenal. And, you know, the technical aspect of it, the visual aspect of it, you know, what Rafelson did with the, you know, uh, shooting the full sequence with him wearing the white tux and then the black tux just before it's time. I, I think it's it's cutting edge and it just brought something else to the film that, made it watchable for me. But the song itself, the dark lyrics, you know, it reminds me of the Cuddly Toy Star Collector, but um, absolutely more poignant, though, the the part when he breaks it down. And he's, you know, it's like he's speaking to a future self. You know, it's really amazing.
1: I agree. I, I wish that version had been the album version as well. I agree with you guys. And I know we're going to do this down the road a piece, but I kind of want to just throw this out because we're all in such uh, agreement that this song is so tailor-made for Davey. I, 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 have you all, you've all you all heard the Mike version, I assume. Yeah. 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 Now, I find it very, very interesting that this song, although it seems so tailor-made for Davey, that Mike actually took a stab at singing the vocals for this, and he took a totally different approach. He kind of went with that kind of old-timey, almost Magnolia Sims mm-hmm. Right. Sort of take. Do you? Did, did any of you l- at least have a, an affinity for the Mike version? Do you like it? I'm not saying it's better than the Davy version, but do you guys like
5: it for what it was? I kept wondering if he was going to dance, <laughs> <laughs> top hat and a cane. You know, it's kind of it kind of sounds like 1930 vaudeville, so uh, you know anything's yeah. possible. But yeah, I think it's kind of cool, but it it's not Davies.
6: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's doing it like he's Rudy Valley, whereas uh, Davy's doing it. Like he's George Formby. Whoa! Really? Go look to Wikipedia, there, folks. Look there. But and, and it works better for some reason with Davy doing it. Just I guess yeah. it's Davey because it's Davy. Because like Melinda said, Davey was sent from heaven to come down to this planet and <laughs> sing that song.
7: <laughs> Melinda, your thoughts on Mike's version of it? Um, I, I would categorize it similar to you know his own uh, song, "My Share of the Sidewalk." You know, he yes. he could not get through that record, but no, Davey couldn't. knocked it out of the park. So I that's how I equate it. I equate yeah. it with that.
1: <laughs> well, wow, actually, that's great you brought that up, but I can't talk about it now, but I can't wait to talk about that song. Uh, such a challenge lyrically, mm-hmm. and Davey was able to pull. So anyway, we'll, we'll save that. Uh, all right, so on to the next track, uh, the next song, rather, on this album, and it's the last proper song on the record, and that is the sixth track on side two, and that is... The long title, Do I Have to Do This All Over Again? Written by, of course, Mr. Peter Tork and vocalized by Mr. Peter Tork. Backing vocals by Davy Jones and some by Peter himself. Peter plays guitar along with Stephen Stills and Lance Wakely. Bass by Lance Wakely. Drums by Dewey Martin. And there's a trombone in there. And it was recorded over a whole slew of different dates. So many that I'm not going to read them off, but finished up around January of 1968. <laughs> of course for the birds the bees the monkeys and didn't wind up making it to that album but i i love this track it's another great rocking monkeys tune and it's so great to hear peter back behind the microphone uh belting out a tune i'm 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 very very fond of this track ghosty what are your thoughts on do i have to do this all over again
6: it's maybe peter's finest moment Mm. uh, as, as a songwriter and a monkey i love this track i love the fact that lyrically, it touches the movie. I mean, it was written prior to the film, but, you know, the the, the movie is all about the monkeys experiencing these various different scenarios that fold back over themselves as the movie goes on, and that fits perfectly with this song. You know, do I have to do this all over again? It's like a tremendous 60s freak-out recording, and it just sounds awesome. And in the movie, it's one of my favorite sequences, and... In the early 90s, I used to go to these underground raves when they were popular, and I would always bring a VHS tape of that sequence, that dance sequence from Head, looped about 60 times, and that would play as everybody was dancing around to uh, the techno music of the day. That's so a- strange uh, anecdote but (laughs) there it is I've always loved this song and rock on Moby okay uh, next person
1: (laughs) Uh, Melinda did you play this at any raves I
7: I did not um, but I probably wouldn't remember it anyway
6: (laughs) hey that's Mickey's line
7: (laughs) they told me I had a good time (laughs) no I think this is Absolutely one of the monkey's best rock tracks, best Peter vocals, definitely top three for him. You know, if you aren't cranking up the volume to 50 and dancing around in your underwear when this bad boy comes on, I don't think you got red blood in your veins because there's no way you can sit still and this record comes on. You have to move. It's just, oh my goodness, I love this song. And it's a perfect album closer. To, To me, it's an album closer. And, you know, it only took 13 or so sessions to record, Jeff. You know, that's not that many. Not bad. <laughs> not bad.
5: <laughs> uh, Jeff Garinger, your thoughts on Do I well, I, All The I believe in, in Ghosty Full wholeheartedly. This is the best record Peter Tork ever did with the Monkees, yep. hands nice. down. I think he sounded great. I think the song was quality. Yeah. It was a really good song. Mm-hmm. And the production was great. I'm sure it cost a boatload of money, but what the hell? I, I, I just think Peter knocked it out of the park on this one. And I, I, I can't say that in a, too many songs. But this one, boy, piece to resistance.
1: Yep. Yeah, I totally agree with you, all of you guys. This is, it, it, I love the lyrics to this song, and Peter sings them with such emotion, you can tell he totally feels the, what he's what he's written. Mm-hmm. Those tracks, fantastic yeah. stuff. So we're, we've reached the end of the actual songs on the record, but there's tons of other content on this record. that's uh, you know snippets from the film and maybe some bits from some other films as well that we can talk through a bit of this stuff before we close up and have our final thoughts on this album. So I, I guess I will we'll go around and talk a little bit about everybody's favorite bits uh, that are included on this album. And there's a couple things here for me that have kind of uh, worked their way into uh, my, my vernacular. And there's a couple quotes that I actually use in, in real life, but people don't always really know what I'm talking about. One in particular was, uh, nobody ever lends money to a man with a sense of humor. Right. For, I, I, I love that. It, I, it's so insightful and so true, but a lot of people don't really get wh- where I'm coming from when I say that. Does anybody else have any favorite bits from this, we go around the horn here, maybe um, ghosty.
6: Well, I have to think, I, you know, I should have put the record on before we had this conversation. I'm going from memory. But it does have the scene where Peter is, you know, he just had his moment with the guru and he's reciting the same thing. And then he says, I know nothing. Mm-hmm. And then Davey responds with, I "You know, know nothing. nothing. We've well, been sitting here listening to you, and uh, that's my favorite part. I mean, I love, I love all of the bits on here, because again, the the movie was just, it was just a big moment in my life watching that movie for the first time. And even though the bits are not in any kind of a sequence and they don't really tell the same kind of a story, I enjoy all of it as a great piece of cut up avant garde." Sound collage, you know. I mm. I just enjoy it all.
1: Yeah, same here, Jeff Jeff Garinger. Your thoughts on the various bits on this? Record?
5: I'm I'm sorry, Ghosty, but that sounds like a lot of supernatural, supernatural. baloney to I was me. i gonna <laughs> go
6: there. Damn, <laughs> supernatural, <laughs> perhaps <laughs> baloney, perhaps,
5: perhaps not. not. Uh, Ellen, has so never that. been better. No,
4: sounds like a lot of supernatural baloney to
3: me. Supernatural, perhaps baloney
1: perhaps not any any other bits that stand out to you jeff that you uh want to point out no
5: no i love that it's hard for me to get past that one.
1: Oh, all right melinda you any any bits that you like no, i totally
7: agree with jeff i love the bella lugosi yeah <laughs> it's such a nice touch um but also gravy that's my favorite gravy oh you know? i was gonna ask <laughs> you guys
1: oh, yeah. have any of you ever tried to order a glass of cold gravy with a hair in it no, why would anyone do that? You guys are all jokers. You guys have a sense of humor. I would have thought
5: one of you would at least tried it.
6: <laughs> I don't want it.
5: No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things in the head that I wouldn't want to try.
6: <laughs> I so, just love the idea that at one point, Bela Lagosi spoke very seriously about baloney. That's all I have to say.
5: <laughs> well, well I found out if, he, if they paid him, he'd say whatever the hell they wanted him to say.
1: Nice. Yeah, Zilch Nation, listening. If you're if you have a story about trying to order a glass of cold gravy with a hair in it, please post it in the Facebook group. We would love to hear about it. Especially if you're in New Jersey, this is the land of diners. It's the perfect place to try this gag, and and see if the waitress or waiter will will get it. But uh, before... uh, uh Jeff. Yeah.
6: Uh, I don't think you have to ask in order to get that at a diner in New Jersey.
1: <laughs> uh, take your hairnet off and shake a hair in it for me, would you right. please, before you bring it out. I have one, one quick other thing that I want to throw out there about one of the bits from this album, and something that really stood out to me when I was a teenager and, and first got a hold of this album and, and listened to it in earnest, The Swami bit at the end of this album as a, as a young, young guy who was still kind of trying to figure out my ways of thinking and, and understand, you know, my place in the universe. And that whole bit by the Swami, and, you know, speaking of beliefs and conditioning, that really threw me for a loop when I was younger, when I really started to think about what he was actually saying. And uh, it's still, when I listen to it, I, I can speak it word for word, because it was just something that I thought about a lot. And it's one of the reasons I really love this album, because it made me think about stuff. I don't know if you guys had a similar reaction to that bit, but it always stood out to me uh, from my from my earliest listens to this record and, and something that I actually really enjoy. And it's a really cool thing to think about, you know, the, the, the subject matter that, that he's talking about. I know there's a little funny bit uh, with Peter and the other guys at the end and, you know, I know nothing stuff that Ghosty was talking about, but I really thought that was quite an insightful bit of uh, meditation to think about. Did anybody else feel that way about it?
5: No, you're much more deeper than I am. Oh, fair enough. Yes, you
1: are. Yes, you are. Fair enough. Okay, well, fast forward past that. Feel free to edit that out, Ken, or or not. Um, (laughs) Startling (laughs) confessions from Jeff Hewlett on uh, the Zilch Roundtable. So let's let's go around the, the horn one more time and get our final thoughts about Head. And we'll start out with Melinda. Final thoughts on the album.
7: Again, it's just a brilliant, brilliant album. Even though I'm not that much of a fan of the movie, I I, I think it served whatever purpose they were intending back in 1968. Uh, the soundtrack is synonymous with the movie and just one of the best ever. I, I just can't say that enough.
5: Hmm. Very good. Jeff Geringer. thoughts? I can just echo Melinda. Not one of my favorite movies, but the soundtrack is just, just great. And Peter's best song ever, ever as a monkey. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Ghosty, your thoughts?
6: One of my favorite rock and roll movies, one of my favorite rock and roll soundtrack albums, but Hmm? I think that had there been a couple more songs on this record, and maybe in the film, the situation might have been a little different and people Hmm. would have perceived this album as more of an album. Rather, Mm. as much as I enjoy the sound collage aspect of it, I don't know how wise that was commercially. I know that the monkey's fortunes were falling (laughs) rapidly at this time, but had they, for example, the six songs from the film on side one and maybe filled out side two with another batch of six songs, because Lord knows they had a ton of songs Mm -hmm. hanging around in the vaults yeah they could have had a more solid and commercial release yes
1: actually good point they could have gone totally beatles uk soundtrack album Yep,
6: absolutely you could
1: have done a help or a hard day's night on it yeah good good point so it's been a lot of fun as always talking with you guys about these monkeys albums. I look forward to these recordings every time and I'm never, ever, ever disappointed. And I'm so looking forward to our next one where we'll be covering the first part of Instant Replay. So uh, in closing, uh, Ghosty, where can people find you online?
6: Uh, They can find me every Sunday at noon at WFDU-FM in the uh, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area. And you can go to WFDU.FM and listen live. Or you could just find me on Facebook. Just look for Dave Ghosty Wills. All right. Melinda, where can people find you?
7: Um, they can find me on Facebook. And if you're ever in Chicago,
1: say hi. Stop by, say hi. Awesome. And Mr. Geringer, where can people find you?
5: Yes, you can send your complaints to Facebook at Jeff Geringer. <laughs>
1: all right well that's great and and uh, you can find me on twitter at j underscore b-e-n-j and i'm also on facebook i'm loitering around the zilch facebook group and uh feel free to drop us all a line we'd love to hear from you after you listen to this episode and we'll talk back to you so thanks again for tuning in to the zilch roundtable for the head album and we'll see you next time
5: bye-bye bye-bye so long. Head, head,
6: head, head, head,
4: head, 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 They're They're head. 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 So, head. No, head, head, head,
6: head, head,
4: head, 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 New
0: world's so only preoccupation Head, will Head. Head. We want to thank Jeff Hewlett, Jeff Geringer, Melinda Gildart, and David Ghosty Timmers for, for doing that excellent roundtable discussion. Thank you. A lot of things that they said are things that we've all been thinking about. You know, they mentioned about this being an EP. I remember the Magical Mystery Tour, for example, that the the Beatles did. There were two ways you could get that. There was the American version, which was a full album that had extra tracks on it, which is kind of similar to what this is. But over in the UK, there was a a two-disc EP that had only the songs from the Magical Mystery Tour on it. And I'm wondering... I'm just going to put this out there. You know, you could call this a cash grab or whatever. But if Rhino put out, like, let's say, next spring or whatever, let's say that they put out a version of this album without all the sound effects and extra stuff and just called it Head, the music EP, would you buy it?
3: In a heartbeat.
0: Now, why would you buy it? I mean, people would say you have it already. Why would you buy it, Christine?
3: I'm not a collector of compilations,
0: Mm -hmm.
3: but this would not be so much a compilation because it's all extracted from one album, Mm -hmm. but I would buy it because, and yes, I could make a digital playlist Mm -hmm. and and what have you, but it would be so unique, I think. It would necessitate me buying it, and I'm not a big collector of stuff either. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, but there's something. I, I mean, you heard me. It was like visceral, right? Yes, I would yeah. buy it in a heartbeat. Yeah, I, it it just touches something in me. Maybe it is a hearkening back to you know my first hearing it as a kid. I don't know, but I would definitely get it,
0: Sarah.
2: I would say yes with an asterisk. Okay, and my asterisk is that I want the ep or whatever uh, rhino would do it it would need to be on vinyl obviously but i would also like a couple of tracks from the recent reunion tours mm. because yes. the 2012 and 2013 uh, tours where they were playing through head in its entirety uh-huh. oh man that circle sky and and long title those two at least need to be preserved for posterity
0: Oh, I agree with that one. And on really, yes.
2: all of them were done magnificently on those yeah. tours. And so, so John Hughes, if you're listening, we have money and we would buy something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it would be cool, even if they didn't have access to this stuff. Yeah, yeah. It would be neat to have just a very mirror-type thing, because now what they can do with technology and uh, as far as printing, there's just so much that can be done. And I think it would be really cool. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, would be absolutely. a sucker. I, I, I mean, can you, I, I would uh,
2: having seen what they did with that summer of love vinyl, mm-hmm. can you imagine what they would do with a special edition head EP vinyl yeah. <laughs> thing would probably glow
3: in the My, dark? Yeah. My mind is boggling now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I must have it. And I don't even know what it is yet. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> you know, we talked about songs that we liked at the beginning of this and, I honestly don't think that there's a bad song on this. It, it's one of those rare things where there's not a clunker in the bunch. To me, I asked you all if if there was a song you didn't like, and you guys were, you know, basically what you said is that they didn't use the live version of Circle Sky. <laughs> As right. opposed I mean, to, you know.
3: That's splitting a hair, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. You can, to, to say that you don't like a song because it's not the right version... Uh, yeah, but that doesn't mean mm-hmm. I don't like the song. I love right, the song.
0: Right. But uh, you know, the, there's a lot of things that that are revelations to me on this, and uh, you just really learn to appreciate how great Peter Tork is in the band. And it's a yes. shame that that more of this did not happen, mm-hmm. uh, both right. from a songwriting and a performance side of things. And Daddy's song. Both the Mike version and the Davey version are just amazing. And to this day, I cannot watch Head without Tearing Up. That song oh, has yeah. a very special. Um, that song is very special to me. And uh, mm-hmm. it just, it's very heartbreaking, that moment when Davey oh, God, looks yes. at the camera and it's just him and the camera and the music's gone. It's just such an incredible moment. Yeah. And Head the Soundtrack is a special moment for all of us monkeys fans. I'm glad that we got to share this today, and I'm glad that we get to continue to share Zilch with everybody out there.
5: Our next judge is an editor of a magazine, and she's probably one of the prettiest editors that you'll ever meet. From Tiger Beat Magazine, Miss Ann Moses.
6: In 1966, teenage girls all over the U.S. wanted to be Ann Moses. Why? She worked for Tiger Beat Magazine, one of the largest teen heartthrob publications in the world. Every month, she took young fans where they wanted to be, right next to their favorite musician or actor. In the late 1960s and early 1970s, Tiger Beat was the source for teens, both girls and boys, to read about their favorite musicians and actors, and Ann Moses was in the center of it all.
3: For years I told their stories, now I'm telling mine. From touring with Paul Revere and the Raiders to surviving Mike Nesmith of the Monkees, I went on many adventures and with every article, I took you, the readers, along for the ride.
6: You get to go behind the scenes and see what a groovy time it was. If you were there with Anne from the beginning, this book is her way of saying thank you. You can get Ann Moses' book, Meow, My Groovy
0: Life with Tiger Beats Teen Idols on Amazon or wherever fine books are sold. You can get the book autographed at annmoses.com for a limited time only. Find her on facebook.com forward slash annmoses. (coughs) Groovy, man. That's that's groovy. That's gear. (coughs) We're headed up to 100 episodes, Sarah. What do you think about that?
2: I think we probably better figure out what we should do about that.
0: Yeah, that 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 could be cool. Could Other than really... roll over
2: the odometer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll have to see Does what happens. Does
2: that mean happens. we're due for an oil change? Or... <laughs>
0: we might have to replace the entire engine. So. Oh Lordy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you off buying a new show yeah. no no no
0: but a new show <laughs> but we've still got a few miles on this uh this old thing here it's it's hard to believe uh sarah it's it's been it's been a lot of episodes haven't it yeah
2: 96 episodes and 96 right yeah yep 96 episodes I mean over three years uh, I just I'm still astonished that this thing has done what it's done. And it's more the community that's been built up. I was saying the other other day on a thread that the reason I keep doing this Zilch thing is because of the community and Zilch Nation and the friendships and relationships and, and, and things that have created. Just because, you know, Ken got the idea to do a little podcast and called us all up and we're like, let's give it a shot.
0: And, you know, we weren't planning on talking about this today, but mentioned the friendships and everything that's come about from the show. A gentleman by the name of Mark Pasquini posted on July 19th. He writes, Thank you, Zilch, for the great opportunity for making friendships with people around the world. About one year and a half ago, I saw a post from a lovely gal from Sweden who took a picture of her Pisces Aquarius Jones Limited vinyl record. Well, since the lettering was read that said, The Monkeys, it caught my interest. Me being from New Jersey, I contacted her to see if she could find me a copy, that I would swap her a Monkeys paperback book from 1966. We have become Monkeys friends ever since. And we chat and finally got on the phone. Well, she flew in from Sweden to the USA and we met for the first time. After talking for a year and a half, it was a lovely meeting and emotional. It was surreal too. Of course, we came bearing gifts for one another, too. Her name is Bergita, So, if it wasn't for the monkeys and Zilch, we wouldn't have had become good friends. We also had lunch and chatted, 4,000 miles away, but it didn't stop us from meeting. Thank you, Zilch. Well, thank you, Mark, and thank you, Birgitta. It's just one of the stories, and there's so many out there. So many. So but many yep. people that have become friends and, and more. So, Mm-hmm. it's very right. cool. Very cool. Well, we want to thank you for being part of our zilch meetup around the world, right? Absolutely.
3: Mm-hmm. I've always said that monkeys fans have uh, a few things in common outside of a love of the music. They have big hearts and they have thick skins. <laughs> yep. You have to. <laughs> And and to be able to congregate in a little area, a little corner of the internet and, and you know, let our collective guard down, it's it's pretty nice. It's pretty special.
2: So Yeah. I, I remember back in the nineties one of the early monkeys uh mailing lists, you know, back when we communicated back and forth via email, they had the nickname the friendliest place on the internet and mm. One of those things I really strive is to make Zilch Nation have that kind of vibe. And it's nothing really that I or any of us do. It's, it's that everybody there, you know, loves and cherishes the community and, um, you know, keeps it going strong three years on. It's amazing.
3: That's right. And growing all the time.
2: And growing all the time.
3: Over 6,100 members on Facebook. It's it's amazing. Yes. I hope that everybody who's listening here is uh, is on Facebook, and if you're not, Come on, join the party. There's so much more fun over there.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And remember, check out Peter Tork. He will be playing with Peter Noon of Herman's Hermits, the grassroots in the Buckingham, at the theater at Westbury and Westbury, New York, on October 21st on the Hot Autumn Night Show. You can find the information online or on Zilch. And don't forget to pick up Ann Moses' book. See Mickey on some of his solo shows. He's doing those all the time, and the continuing, ongoing Fifty Summers of Love tour. We will be having a huge meet up at the St. Louis show, so it's going to be fantastic. We're all going to be together in the same room. Yep. Woohoo! Can the universe handle it? Do we have to do it all over again? Yes, yes we yes, want yes, to. Yes. So <laughs> we will see a lot of you there. As we said earlier, this is Zilch ninety six. There are a ton of shows covering virtually every monkeys-related topic that you can think of. Download us, stream us, whatever, but be part of it. This is this is a really cool thing to be part of. And there is also other monkeys-related podcasts. Check them out as well. So we will see you on the next episode of
4: Zilch. No. No.
1: And that's our show. Zilch is an online non-profit monkeys audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to the monkeys or any of their members past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Bird. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around. Episode
0: 96. Headquarters. R- uh, no, we've done that one. <laughs> yeah, Like two years ago. Yep. <laughs> do we have to do head. this all
3: over again? <laughs> Didn't we do it right the first time?
0: Nope.
2: We never do it right the first time.
0: (laughs)
3: There's always room for more.
2: Yep.
0: Okay.
3: Suck it before the venom reaches my heart.
4: Okay, I will.